get the status quo. What? This is a sports coverage that you want to hear. All right, all right, all right. Recorded from the heart of Northeast Mississippi, covering high school, college, and the pros. Jackson Finch, Peyton Taylor. This is Cousin Cast. Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of Cousin Cast. Changing it up a little bit, I'm going to do the intro here today. Welcome back to Cousin Cast. Peyton Taylor alongside Jackson Finch. Jackson, how are you doing on the last week of school, or last day of the school week here on the beautiful campus? North yeah, I'm doing really good. The uh, temperature is kind of dropping a little bit, but guess what? I like it. I'm wearing a uh, long sleeve shirt over my Northeast polo today. I, I like the change in weather. It's it, The hot was getting, you know, a little boring, but now, now we got some good weather out there, and I'm really enjoying it. I hate it every day, the heat, and I'm so glad that it's down to 60 gr- degrees, but... I hope you guys are ready for the episode we got planned for you today. Gonna Special be a lot. Uh, Thursday edition. It's Thursday edition, yes. Uh, I wasn't. Uh, I had no classes on Tuesday. They got canceled, so we moved the recording to today, and that's why you guys are getting the episode today. But we've got, as usual, a lot of college football news to talk about. Uh, pretty much, that's the main thing, you know, because there's a lot that went on this weekend for both the uh, area colleges and, of course, for in, in the NCAA ranks, but. You know, let's start it off. Let's give a little bit of a junior college recap since it is JUCO game day when we're recording this that on Thursday. Is. Big game tonight for the Northeast Tigers. Big game for the Tigers. Uh, they dropped one on the road last week to Jones, Jones College. Sorry, I was wanting to say Delta, but it's they did week. that too. We yes, we dropped one on the road to Delta a couple weeks back. So the Tigers are now sitting at three and four with a home bout tonight against the rival Northwest Rangers. Winner, this is a a big game. Northwest still fighting to hopefully get back in the number one spot in the North Division. If Northeast is able to win out, all signs indicate the Tigers being playoff bound. Wouldn't that just be something, man? Just how Northeast, you know, went one and eight last year, I believe. Yes. And then just how it all folds out right now. I mean, you're sitting at three and four, but you're looking like, hey, we've got Northwest and East to play, and you know, mathematically, we're not out of this thing. And if we were to win, me and Blake were talking about it the other day when you weren't here. I mean, it's it'll happen. If we win this week and then we go to East Mississippi next Saturday and win, we will be the second seed along with Holmes as uh, representing the North Division in the playoffs. Well, you know, uh, earlier in the season, that didn't really seem like a possibility going on the road to beating East and being Northwest at home. But uh, Northwest is still going to be a very big challenge. And so is East on the road. But East looks like a much more winnable game than it usually does when you think, oh, you know, the powerhouse – East Mississippi, we're going to go down there and we're going to, the Lions are going to hand our tails to us. That's just how Juco football works in the Mac Jack. But East has struggled this season. It's been really surprising to watch. I, I, you know, for a, you, for a first year for you to be really be around Juco football, it's a pretty exciting year when East yeah. isn't on top. I mean, it just, it just evens everything up. I mean, Northwest. Northwest is the highest ranked, nationally ranked in our division. They're at number two. And Gulf Coast in the South Division, they're at number one. But Northwest being number two in the nation, they're not even number one in the division. And the guy, the team that is number one in the division, isn't even nationally ranked. Holmes has gotten three wins. They have the same record as us, three and four, but they had the three right wins. They beat us. They beat East. They beat Northwest. That's that's crazy. And their one loss is, I believe, the ICC, ICC. Correct. Who we beat. The Mag Jack is absolutely wild this year. No I mean, doubt about it. It's just wide open. It really is. Northwest has. You know, we'll play them tonight. We'll here see you all go. 
Here is your. Oh, you're just gonna interrupt me like sorry, that. Sorry, sorry. Right, no, I'm just kidding. Here you is ahead. your. Here is your division standings. I'll go through the north and the south. First for the north, Holmes is sitting in first right now at three and one. Northwest is sitting at second with that three and one as well. But they are in a tiebreaker. Holmes has the head to head over Northwest, so they are in the two spot now. Itawamba is at number three, three and two, and then us and East are tied at four right now. Uh, you know, win tonight would obviously you know keep us in the race, and a win tonight would probably push us into a uh, ahead of ICC because. Unless they win tonight, I don't know. I got to look up who they have, but unless they win tonight, we would have the tiebreaker on them. Delta sits at two and three in the conference with a win over us and a win over Kahoma at six. And Kahoma is still 0 and 4 in the conference at seventh in the division, but they still have the season opening win against Jones. That they do, and which, which is impressive. We saw Jones last night. and Jones granted, is the best football team we've seen all year. Granted, it is later in the season, but Jones is a very good football team and has some. some their, quarter, their number one quarterback was out last week, and they still look really you good. You know what that shows you? If you have five turnovers, anybody can beat anybody. And that's exactly how Oklahoma home to beat Jones, five turnovers. Yeah. Looking at the South real quick, Gulf Coast, who is now the number one team in the country, according to the NJCAA rankings, is at first at 4-0 in the conference, 7-0 overall. Hines is in second at 3-1 overall, 6-1 on the season. Hines had a very good season. Jones at 3-1 and 5-2. And 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 East Central at three and one as well. Kapaya Lincoln is at fifth and one and three. Pearl Rivers at sixth and one and four. And Southwest is at zero and five and zero and seven overall. Still winless. The only winless team in the Mac Jack this season. So in the South, it looks pretty obvious to me that Gulf Coast is going to get the one. And then I still think Jones is going to get the two. I think they're a little bit better than Hines and East Central. They haven't played Hines yet. They haven't. Sure. What? Uh, I think they have played Hines. Wait, no, they beat Hines. They did beat Hines. They, they beat Hines. So, actually, Jones would be second right now. I'm sorry. Let me correct that. Because I remember talking to uh, SID Kevin Maloney last week, and he said that Jones had beat Hines. So, now you're in a position where Jones has just got to win out, and they've got East Central and Kapaya Lincoln to play still. So, it's looking very real that Gulf Coast is going to be the one, and Jones is going to be the two down there. And the North is the more interesting part, no doubt about it. Uh, that it, it could just go any way. I mean, ICC could still conceivably – there's still a chance that ICC could finish in the top two. There's still a chance East could finish in the top two. We could finish in the top two. In a in a absolute mayhem scenario, I think maybe even Delta could finish top two. Now it would take a lot from, for, but that just shows you how wide open. Because usually, and you've seen it at least a little bit with your dad working here all your life. Just about every year in the North Division, it's East at one and Northwest at two. That's just how it rolls. Yeah, I mean that's how the that's how history has repeated itself for the most part. But it's just it's crazy how it opened it's opened up this year. Real quick, I'll go through the games tonight. We'll talk about the Northeast games for a second. Give our predictions on it. Hines uh, goes on the road to East Central. East Central has homecoming tonight. Northwest obviously comes to Boonville to play the Tigers. We talked about it at six thirty. That'll be on NEMCC TV if you want to watch that. NECCTV.com. Again, Carter Smith and Jody Prez will have the call there. Itawamba Community College goes on the road to play Southwest in the final uh, non-division opponent for the Indians. At 7 o'clock, East Central will play Kahoma at Kahoma. And then Pearl River plays Mississippi Gulf, Community Co- Gulf Coast Community College at 7 and I believe that's the final game. Yes, that's the final game on Thursday. And then we have two Saturday games this weekend. We have Holmes at Delta, and we have Jones at Kapai Lincoln. And it is Kapai Lincoln's homecoming. 
So, again, a lot of interesting stuff still going on. Can you imagine having a homecoming this late in the season real quick? Because that means that you're having homecoming and then senior night right next to each other, like back-to-back. Well, I mean, Mississippi State's having their homecoming a week before Ole Miss. Really? Yeah, we're playing Appalachian Christian that day. So that's really late. That's like mid-November. You know, we'll come back to the Northeast and talk about the prediction. That's a perfect segue. Let's talk about the dogs. Let's talk about last Saturday. I don't know why you're so excited. Oh, you know why I'm so excited. I, I admitted it was a cold take, but I talked about earlier in the season how I thought Tennessee was going to be maybe a top three team in the East. That hasn't panned out, but I remember telling you at the beginning of the season that I thought Tennessee had a real shot to beat y'all at Neyland, and that just, you know, like you said, it, it just was not a very good display of football. No, it wasn't. I mean, uh, okay. Yeah, you, can, you can shut that off now. No. Okay. You, you can... Woo! Oh, dang it. Anyway, we'll move on. No, yeah, you, oh, you've had man. your shot. You've had your shot. Uh, if you want to play the Missouri fight song, you can because we got ourselves handed to us by Missouri. No. But we'll talk about that in a minute. But overall, for real, talk about the state game this past weekend. I mean, we were talking about it at lunch. You asked me if I was willing to talk about it, and I'm will- I am willing to talk about it because, I mean, there's not much to say, which, like you said, is just a bad showcase of football. Offense played terrible. Didn't get any rhythm all game. Um, the defense played okay, I guess. But, I mean, we're talking about Tennessee's offense. Half the Most of the time they had their backup quarterback in. Um, it's just right now the state of the program is in not is in I wouldn't say in not very good hands, but it's just not in a very good place right now. It's at an all time low. Uh, I do think fans are kind of going a little crazy, uh, but I mean, I I saw something. I think it was I listened to a podcast and the guy said, you know, don't let your emotions control the situation. And I I'm I'm a victim to that because I mean after the game I was I was very upset. Fire Morehead, fire Morehead. And no, I didn't I didn't say no, that. I know, but I know I, I'm just messing with you, but yeah. that crowd is larger than ever. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, but you can you blame them? I mean, look. I, if anything, and I know y'all had a top defense last year, but the the problem here I see is that like we talked about Tennessee in the second half just ran the freaking football with. Uh, with Brian Maurer out, and mm-hmm. y'all couldn't stop it. I mean, well, y'all, yeah. y'all knew it was coming, but y'all couldn't get off the field against it, and that falls back on Bob Bob Schmoop. Shoop. Shoop. Sorry, um, Shmoop. I mean, <laughs> I knew most fans, now I guess not every fan, but most fans knew going in the defense wasn't going to be as good. Just the talent level this year is nowhere near as good as it was last year. But um, for the most part, it was just, I don't know, it's just the offense. The offense is crazy bad. And um, that that's the thing that us fans, especially me, are just not very enthused about. Because Joe Moorhead is the offensive guru that he was supposed to be. This is his second year in the system. He's got some of his players, but it's just it's not looking good right now. And I can definitely say that. But then again, um, and we the SEC the way it is, we turn right around. We play the number two team in the nation, LSU, uh, comes Saturday. Which I don't. Is there something else going on Saturday that I don't know about? Peyton, can you just you didn't know? I, I, I'm, I'm trying to think about what do we... 
there's, there's not like a birthday or something on oh, Saturday. Yeah. The nineteenth, the nineteenth. You do know you do know your 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 blood domain. You don't know my birthday. No, I swear I know your birthday. I did not realize Saturday was the nineteenth. Yes. In in all seriousness, uh, you know I didn't even get a birthday text this year, so don't get in on me on that. Did I not send? Yes, I did. No, you didn't. I swear you didn't. Were you just sitting there on your phone waiting for me to text you? uh, No, but I just remember the end of the day. I was like, all right, who means something to me that didn't send me a birthday text? <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, uh, you know, I know you said you're going to tailgate and watch the game. In, in, in most of the time, you know, I like laughing at the Bulldogs' failure. But in in the spirit of your birthday, I hope y'all give LSU a fight. In fact, I hope y'all beat LSU because I hate LSU that much. Well, I mean, I hope we beat LSU too. It's just not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. We but might, maybe y'all give them a fight. Maybe, maybe that. Maybe happen. we win a quarter. Can uh, we, can uh, that can be a thing? Can we do that? I, can we win a quarter? I don't know. I, I don't it know depends either. on. Look, well, I was gonna say it depends on if y'all suspended players play, but they played Tennessee on Saturday, and I'm here. They're not gonna play. I, I didn't figure because now, like we talked about at the start of the season, now after losing to Tennessee, you have to especially grip. Okay, we're fighting for bowl eligibility now. Yeah, you've got to pick and choose carefully. You only get two more games. Ole Miss is definitely a game they're gonna play. Look, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and I'm here in Arkansas as the next game. I, I think play. that's the right play. Um, I might play them against A&M. Maybe it's. It's, you really look at right now, you're staring four and eight in the face going in, you know, because I mean we'll beat Appling Christian. Yeah, but what we I would say you're staring five and seven. No, I say we're staying four and eight. We, you, you can't tell me what we've had this season. You can well, say y'all go, on, y'all go on the road to Arkansas. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. Tell, yeah, I mean I can see it. I mean you can't tell me that we can go to Arkansas and say, oh okay, that's a win. You can't tell me no, that. I mean, Arkansas is worse than Tennessee in my opinion, but you still can't tell me we can go on the road and fix. We've had two SEC road games played like crap in both of them. Look, there's. There's nothing that Here's they've the shown me that I could be like, okay, that's a win. Here's the thing I'll say about about Mississippi State. or Here's the thing I'll say about Arkansas, rather. They have not looked very good all season, but there have been flashes where Nick Starkle has made that team look competitive, including against us when he played in the, a lot in the second half, and they kept it somewhat close for a little bit, but the, the offense still looked better for Arkansas when he was in the game against us, and that's just what I've noticed the rest of the year. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I don't think you're wrong. At the same time, Ole Miss is doing the same thing right now. We're staring 4-8, and eight, slapping yeah. the, slap, dead slap in the face. But We've got a big game this weekend. Yeah, before we run into Ole Miss, I want to say one more thing about just Joe Moorhead in general and, you know, the fan base kind of turn on, which is also very true. Absolutely. If he goes in, if he goes into the Egg Bowl with five wins and loses, it's going to be a very bad situation for him. That's all I can say. Here's the thing. Well, I've talked to you and other people about it. In the Matt Luke situation, because there are a lot of people saying, you know, let's get rid of Luke. Coaches, unless there's an absolutely disastrous scandal in into inside the program or just an absolutely horrendous year out on the field, they get three years. Well, I least. would say this was an absolutely horrendous fit, uh, program on the field right now. I would say that. But and here's the and I know some people say, well, this is Luke's third year. I'm not counting the interim year. Uh, I'm I'm not going to count that one. I think they give him one more year past this because. I, I maintained. I've maintained to a lot of other people. Ole Miss looks like a better team, and I and I've got Blake Long in there. I think who would probably agree with me. RSD. Ole Miss has a better team than last year this season, but we're playing much tougher competition, and that's why we may finish with a worse than five and seven record. Uh, we're we're definitely a better team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. The offensive side, I think we're about the same level of productivity. It's just in different ways. We're not throwing the ball. We're running the ball. So, 
you know, we'll see how that pans out. But just there has been, and we knew it was going to come, but I don't think anybody expected it to this degree about how Mississippi State would go from an eight close to nine win team and then drop to where you're fighting to make a bowl. I didn't see State having a fight to make a bowl this I year. I didn't either, and but that's where we are. So here's a question. I know we talked about it. You said, no, I'm not on that bandwagon right now. Moorhead goes 5-7, and seven, loses the Egg Bowl, doesn't make it to a bowl. What do you, do you, do you want to get rid of him? It depends on how – it depends on if we don't get any better and we just, you know, we beat Appalachian Christian and make him four and we just, you know, happen to beat Arkansas just on, you know, we have better talent. If we don't look any better, yes. But if I see – Let me give you two scenarios. Okay, fact, give me two scenarios. Okay, so this is assuming y'all beat – y'all lose to A&M, y'all lose to LSU, y'all lose to Bama, everybody else, and then y'all beat – Abilene and Arkansas, five and seven. Give me the scenario in which y'all lose to Ole Miss. Number scenario number one: the offense looks amazing, but we run all over y'all's defense and beat y'all in a shootout. Option number two: we beat y'all, but it's because the offense is so bad that it can't score enough to keep pace. If the offense is bad, he's got to go. I mean, that's what we hired him for: being an offensive guru, being a play uh, play caller. That's what we hired him for. If you can't, if you can't build on what you're supposed to be. Why, why are you here? You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's just some guys, I told my dad, we don't know yet. This is his, this isn't even his second, well, I don't feel like he's been here two years. He's been a year and a half. This is second into the second season. Mm-hmm. But if you come here as an offensive-minded guy, as an offensive guru. And he got you, his guy this year at quarterback. He yeah. had his guy. Yeah, I mean, Tommy Stevens was his guy. And now he's got his other guy. Both of these guys should be able to run the offense. Because this is, Schrader's a guy, he Recruited since he was like in seventh grade yeah. or something. So I mean, this is his guy. Yeah. And Schrader, the offense looks better when Schrader's in the game. But still, this is his the his guys. Schrader played the whole second half, but you still couldn't put any points on the board. Besides, wait, did y'all have all ten at halftime? Do what? No, did, no, no, no. We have three. So y'all put up a touchdown in the second half, but I mean, if if yeah, if we end up losing in a shootout and the offense looks better. And we're just not winning because of our defense being bad. Okay, I'll kind of give them a slide because I did shoot. Did shoot go at that point? Huh? No, 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 no. You you wouldn't. I would tell you to rebuild that. It's just talent because we look at shoot. What look at what shoot did last year? Yeah. So I mean, it's just and, talent. And I'm not saying you should either. I'm just playing devil's advocate. It's just talent on defense. We don't have a lot of talent. It's just, and we're young. They'll be good one day. But if the offense don't improve and we're just not doing anything on offense, just like we were last year, we only had a couple games where we were good on offense last year. If he doesn't improvement. Doesn't improve at all. The offense doesn't improve at all like it was supposed to. Oh yeah, I say. I mean, I say he's got to go if he loses Ole Miss and goes five and seven. Oh, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I'm I'm curious real quick. I'm gonna look up and see because we talked about you know not being able to get Tennessee off the field on third downs. I'm curious. I want to look up and see what uh you know how many third down, what their third down conversion percentage was. Real quick, kick it to our question of the day while I'm looking up the stats. Yeah, the Kevin Connell question of the day. This is what we had from him earlier today. He said, if you could pick any two people, a male and a female, to be your mother and father, besides your lovely parents that you have already, who would you pick? That's a weird question, Kevin. That's a weird question. But is it a bad question? No, it's not a bad question. It's just a weird question. Uh, honestly, I kind of like the question y'all talked about earlier. If you're gonna commit a crime and you couldn't get bail for that crime, what crime would you commit? Yeah, that's actually kind of a good. That's actually kind of a good question. And I was gonna use the Dwight Schrute answer. Can't do that. that I, oh, I could have done it. That would be trademarked. That's trademarked. That's not trademarked. That's trademarked. Can't use anyway. It. Hmm. My father would be Chris Pratt, 
you know how much I like Chris Pratt. Okay. Uh, my father would be Chris, good Christian man, good actor. Uh, my mother, my mother would be Leanne Tui. Just how she took in Michael Orr. She's a loving, loving woman. She has rebel blood in her veins. That, that, that's that's my. Did I do I get a thumbs up from Blake Long on that one? I get a clap. So yes, that's my answer. Chris Pratt as my father to be the Christian standard, and my mom to be the faithful rebel as Leanne. Tui. If I'm picking two people, I'm picking Michael B. Jordan as my father. <laughs> Because Michael B. Jordan is a complete stud, and I love all of his movies. And then, as my mother, I would pick hmm, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock? Who, who played, played Leanne, too. Yeah. Why are you picking Sandra Bullock as know. your mother? Yeah, just because. Why not? Really. Okay. All right. Well, real quick, uh, Tennessee was 50% on third downs. You can't go on the road and give up 50% third-down conversions and expect to win the ball. Yeah, I mean, the defense just – I mean, they would get them on third-down every now and then, but when it was time to step up and make a third-down conversion, just like when they scored that last touchdown, they just couldn't do it. Well, now talking about Ole Miss and Missouri this last weekend. Look. Did you really think I wasn't going to do it? Missouri's got a pretty good fight song, though. In all seriousness. Look, I played Rocky Top, so, I mean, we're even. You really think I wasn't going to play it? Now you got to do the M-I-Z. Anyway. Oh, uh, I don't know. I've never heard their fight song. It's just M-I-Z-Z-O-U. Z-O-U. Oh, that was terrible. Okay. Well, anyway. Tigers. Tiger rag. Tiger rag. Okay. Well, in all, in in a recap of the game, Ole started out, went three and out, but we got lucky with a muff punt. We picked that up. John Rise. Plumley throws a dime in the end zone to Scotty Phillips, gets us up seven to nothing. We lead at the end of one, seven to three. Missouri beats us nine oh in the second quarter, and then the third quarter is where it got disastrous. It was so it was uh, twelve to seven at halftime, and then we lose the third quarter twenty three to seven. You don't do that on the road. And then Plumley rushed for one hundred forty three yards, two touchdowns, twenty two carries, average of six yards carry. He threw eight of sixteen, so fifty percent on the dot with 104 yards and two touchdowns. And Matt Corral, when he was playing, he went 10 for 16 with 133 yards and zero touchdowns and zero interceptions. So, now, oh, and here's the big, here's the big. Kelly Bryant threw 329 yards on 23 completions out of 35. A touchdown and an interception. The interception coming from Northeast alumni Sam Williams, if I might add. And... They ran for 233 yards on 43 carries, averaging about five and a half yards carry with three touchdowns. So all in all, I believe they gave we gave up we gave up 562 total yards of offense. Can't do that on the road and expect to win. That's a lot. That's a lot of yards. That's a lot of yards. I didn't know y'all gave up that many yards. Now, on the, offense. De- the defense easily turned in. It was worse than their Bamba performance in, in my eyes. It, maybe not in terms of score, but Missouri got everything they wanted. They were nine for 15 on third down. Sixty percent. Yeah, that's a little over fifty. Uh, we were nine for seventeen on third down though, so we complete we we convert on the road. The offense is steadily improving while the defense is slowly sliding, and I think that's just that's on the offensive side. Freshmen are getting experience and they're becoming better players on the defensive side. Mike McIntyre is working with a group this year that doesn't have much depth, so injury and fatigue is playing into it. 
I really think that's it. Because McIntyre at least has our guys in place, unlike Wesley and McGriff last season. Our guys are in place. They're playing hard. We just don't have the depth and sometimes the talent at some positions to hold, the, especially the past game. And check, we're still, even after this game, we are still holding we are still holding opponents to less rush yards per game than Alabama this season, but we're the worst in the SEC in pass defense. Yeah, I mean, you, you gave a good point. You know, the, uh, the offense is getting better, you know, game by game with the younger players. And then you just made a good point of the defense. You, and you said that a lot. Like, the defense coordinator last year, you have no no good feelings towards. No. I, I, I really think that if you ask the poll, he might go down as the worst defensive coordinator in Ole Miss history. I don't know. Peter Sermon, oh, that's a state guy, but he was pretty bad when he was there. Look, it, it, it doesn't – if you watched the two years he was there – or was it three? I don't know. It was it was three. Okay, so that was the that was a defense that there were literally people just not lined up in the right position. There were people that were double teaming guys and leaving a receiver in the slot wide open. I remember a play that was just my absolute breaking point when we nearly lost to Arkansas last year, but we somehow pulled down the road. We had two we had our safeties drop down and they were double covering the outside guys. And a linebacker went and hovered over one of the over the tight end, and the slot receiver literally just left there uncovered and ran for sixty yards. It was that bad. Like people, there the secondary didn't know where to line up to to you know play defense. The pass rush was vanilla as can be. There wasn't many stunts. wasn't There wasn't many very aggressive concepts put in the defense. It was just stand out there, big hits and turnovers. That's what McGriff preached. McIntyre actually is trying to teach these guys, you know, where to be, how to play, how to tackle. You can see an improvement. The talent and the depth is still just not quite there. But I really – the defense is better than last season, but this was their worst performance of the year, no doubt about it. Kind of sounds familiar. Huh. <laughs> but – Cough, cough defense this year for Mississippi State. Would you say that y'all's offense had its worst performance against Tennessee? Yeah. You would I think it? they downgraded from Auburn. Yeah, that's – but, I mean, they scored 28 points against Auburn. And, yeah. I mean, the Auburn game was just they started off lousy. Yeah, that's We were true. still probably going to lose, but that, it looked so bad because of how it started. Here's the thing. I wrote about it, I, and I wrote a good, bad, and ugly article for Mississippi Sports about the game. And the good, my only good thing that I put it labeled as good, in my mind, Ole Miss has found his quarterback, and his name is John Ross Plumley. He's too... He's too electric in the run game, which is exactly what Rodriguez wants to do. He wants to run the football. He's not going to make it. He, he has made it no secret in his time in Arizona, West Virginia, or Michigan. He wants to run it, and he specifically likes to run it with his quarterback. He's not afraid to run his quarterback every carry if it means winning the football game. Plumlee is suited for that. You go back, and this is a coaching decision. I'm not just putting this on Corral, but you go to the fourth and goal at the half-yard line in the second half, or at the end of the first half, Snoop Connor ran up the middle three times in a row. Fourth down, you keep Corral on the field. He drove you down the field, but when you keep him out on the field, everybody knew it was coming. Snoop Connor run right up the middle. He was stuffed. If you put Plumlee out on the field, at least there's the threat of him pulling the football so the edges can't crash. They have to contain on the outside, and it allows Connor to not have as much resistance up the middle. But everybody crashed on that play because they knew Corral wasn't going to keep it. Corral doesn't – he's not going to keep the football. And you know it, and he, I mean, at least I respect, you know, he's a pocket passer. That's what he wants to do. He doesn't necessarily want to run the football. But in this offense, 
it doesn't fit well. And Plumlee made enough throws to where the throwing talent of Corral over Plumlee right now, for me, doesn't outrank. Because Plumlee made the necessary throws when he had to. He dropped two beautiful passes in the end zone to Phillips and Elijah Moore. He did what he had to do in the passing game. This was not on the offense as a loss. This was on the defense. Yeah. But, it is, uh, the state of our teams right now is, you know, not very high. Here's the, here's the crazy thing, though. At the start of the season, I think anybody would have argued the Mississippi State program was trending up and the Ole Miss program was trending down. Yeah. I think you could make an argument now that it's flipped. I think you could say that Mississippi State is a program. If And not to overreact. Let me, let me put it this way. If the season projects as I think it will project the rest of the way, I think Miss, you could see at the end of the year people thinking Mississippi State is trending down. They're getting back to being a 6-6 six and six team consistently, and Ole Miss is steadily trending back up with freshman talent. Well, I mean, Mississippi State is definitely trending down. I haven't watched a lot of Ole Miss, so I couldn't, you know, give a, a good estimate of that. But Any Ole State Miss fan def- that's watched the season this year, it's like my dad talked to me about it yesterday. He said, last year there was a point where I stopped watching Ole Miss football. I, I, I just couldn't watch it. It frustrated me to no end. He said, this year, even though we've, I've watched us lose to Memphis, I've watched us lose to Cal, we got we got embarrassed by Bama. Well, not embarrassed, but the defense got embarrassed. And then, same thing with Missouri, the defense played poorly. He's having fun watching this team, and so am I, because you're seeing the gro- There's growing pains, but you're seeing growth. Last season, I didn't see that growth. I saw a team that was stuck with a lot of seniors that weren't good enough to get to a bowl. And as much as I love those seniors and that junior class that was Brown, Metcalf, and senior uh, uh, Tamu, that group wasn't going to grow anymore. We're seeing a group that is steadily growing and they're steadily stepping up to play good SEC competition competitively. We went on the road and played Missouri to 11 points when most people saw that game as a 20-point blowout from what I saw. It's just, I like the fight in this team. I think we're trending up. Move on to us. Um, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Big, big gap you missed that I want to point out. Uh Uh-huh. South Carolina beat Georgia. Wow. I was going to bring that up, but... Wow, no, we're talking about it now. We're pro- talking about it now? We're talking about it right now. Look, I... I'd say that's the biggest upset throughout the season. Uh, no doubt about it. It's the biggest upset of the season. South Carolina's a 20-point underdog. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I, I really don't either, because... I didn't sit there and watch the game, because I was watching the state game, but I watched the end. Look, Fromm didn't play great. Three interceptions uh, to the same three guy to the same guy. Yeah, the the first two were his fault. The last one hit off right off the hands of a receiver on a on an in route. So I mean that wasn't his fault. Uh, and then Hot Rod misses a a forty three yard kick to tie it and send it to triple overtime. It's nice to know that he's human. That he can he can oh miss. Oh my gosh! It's nice to know that, that he can that miss. That kid didn't miss, and that, uh-uh. that's why I was watching. I was like, oh, we're going to triple overtime. He missed it. My jaw just dropped because I mean, but I, I he watched didn't. that. I've been I've I've liked I've I've liked watching that kid kick ever since I remember watching Georgia play in his freshman season when against in Georgia's playoff run of the national championship when they you know barely lost to Bama he made every kick he had to he made clutch kicks in the Rose Bowl and the SEC championship and in the playoff I mean nothing it didn't seem like anything faced him so for him at home to miss that kick that's gonna that's still at the end of the season gonna get down as one of the most shocking moments for me because that kid has he is. He's like Roberto Aguero was at Florida State. The kid, you watch him, and literally as he steps on the field, you say, okay, give Georgia three points. Yeah. You you don't – it's not like 
It's not like watching State about five years back when y'all couldn't find a kicker to save your lives. And us, with Luke Logan, you never know if he's going to miss an extra point, much less a 40-yard field goal. You know, it's not what like – he's a lot like Aguero. He was a lot like Wonderleg was for us. Uh, Gary Wonderleg, but I like calling him Wonderleg. Uh, but that that kid's excellent. So that, that's all I can really take out of it was – it was such a shock to me that Hot Rod was not able to make that kick. I mean, it, it kind of goes back to the point that you made earlier. Three turnovers. I mean, I know Georgia was at home, but you just can't turn oh, the no, ball over. Oh, no, you can't. It's one of them being a pick six. We're talk- Yeah. South Carolina didn't score in the second half. We, we're talking about a, a top five team. Lost to a third-string quarterback. That top, was their third string. Top five recruiting class. I mean, it was just – but they turned the ball over, and that can come back to haunt any team in the nation. Kirby Smart's got to be careful. I don't think no, – and I'm not saying this – because his job's not on the line or anything, I don't think. But, man, this is three straight years that he had a chance to win a game and there's just a questionable decision involved. You know, uh, he you go back to the uh, – you go back to, uh, you know, the Alabama game where Georgia had the lead, they blew it, and, you know, obviously everybody's like, well, you know, this was Kirby – First big game, you don't like to see it, but we'll be back. And then last year, he calls the questionable punt fake at the 50-yard line, and that didn't work out, and everybody says, okay, Kirby kind of chokes in big moments. They lose to Texas. He can't get his guys up. And then a game in which you were a 20-point favorite against South Carolina, you don't get your guys up again. You're fighting to just win over a under-500 team in the SEC. And then you have a chance to give Roberto Brankenship a game winner from 53 yards, which he's nailed before. They were in field goal range. And he decides to instead he decides to try to run one more play with six seconds left and you get an illegal motion because the play call didn't get in the field in time. The right receivers didn't get set. And again, that took you out of field goal range. The the Georgia crowd let him have it. There were 90,000 plus, plus booing him at that, at that moment. And for good reason. That was a in my mind, that was a bad decision. Let your let your kicker that is won games for you, got you through big moments. Give him a chance. He yeah. had you had no reason not to give him a chance there. Yeah, that's the only two things I can take. He probably out of he probably just you know was thinking you know we're at home we got the fans behind us overtime won't be you know a big deal but that's what happens when you play when you play for overtime you lose. That's what happens. When you play not to win, you lose. Yeah. I mean, not to lose. You're playing you not losing. to lose. Yeah. Well, I hope you lose when you play not to win. Yeah. But in all seriousness, um, not much to talk about here. Ole Miss and Texas A&M, real quick, uh, is they put Kellamon comes to play against the worst pass defense in the SEC. But Ole Miss is going to be able to run the ball. I think they're going to be able to run the ball pretty effectively. Uh, I, I expect a very, very good crowd in the first nice weather game and a night game at home. Like multiple people have said, and like I told you, if you want to make a bowl, you got to win this game. There's no exceptions because you've got to win this one. You got to win New Mexico State. You got to beat Mississippi State in the eighth bowl. So this is a no exceptions. You have to win this game or pack in your season game. That's a that's a big game for you to have a must win. I mean, we say Texas A&M's not played up to par, but we all know the talent that they have. Oh, there's talent, but that it is a must win. If you want to go to a bowl, this is a must win. There's no doubt about it. Because where did the schedule get easier? Auburn, LSU. I mean, yeah, yeah. I've got a long way to go. Yeah, because you can count Auburn and LSU as your next as your final two losses to get to six to six. You can't afford to lose anymore. Texas A&M is a game you have to win, no doubt about it. With that case, I'm going to pick the Rebels at home in a slight upset. I really think I, I think if I think John Rise will start again. 
I think he'll play well. I'm, I want to see how this Texas A&M team comes off a tough loss to Alabama on the road. This was a team that came in with a top 15 ranking to start the season. They're now staring three losses in the face. That That's a big morale killer. And they still haven't played LSU yet. This is a, I mean, that's a morale killer. They still got Georgia, too. This team's looking at five losses in the face. And that's that's crazy to say when they were top 15 to start. I think the Rebels pull off the slight upset at home. I think the defense, I think they play well enough to at least rattle mind a little bit. I, I like the Rebels at home. Um, and on the Mississippi State side, got, you know, LSU coming to town. We're trending down. They're trending up. They're the number two team in the nation. Can we be can we be honest about this one? Yeah. The spread's 18 and a half. That I mean, uh, are you going to pick State to win? Spread? Uh, yeah, I'm picking the win. The coin toss. And then we yeah. will end up losing by 40. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm picking on the win, the coin toss, and then we'll end Do up. Do you think y'all cover 18 and a half? I, I wouldn't see. I, I don't have anything, you know, to say we are. I, the only thing I say is that we're at home. That's the only thing I can say. But then again, there may not be a great atmosphere with half of the fan base turning towards Joe Moorhead right now. I'm curious. So I got a 2:30 game. So, well, it's gonna be nice, but I wonder how the atmosphere is gonna be. I do too. So, I'll ask you real quick, and we'll we'll wrap it up real quick. Pick it real quick. State? Do they cover? 18 no. and a half. They don't. Mm-mm. Texas A&M and Ole Miss. Who you got to win? What? Who do I got to win? Yeah, win. Just outright. That's a tough one. I'm it's g- a tough matchup. I would say it's more of a toss up than a Texas yeah. A&M favorite. Honestly, I'm gonna say. Both teams coming off a loss. You know what? I'll give the Rebels at home. I'll give the Rebels at home. I'm gonna think. I'm gonna say LSU covers, but not by much. I think I could see. It seems like every time LSU comes over there, they might end up beating y'all big, but they always struggle. If the environment's good, yeah, they'll struggle in the first quarter. I think, and that'll allow y'all to just barely cover. Or allow them to just barely get by could, the eighteen and a half, but I don't know how the environment's going to be. That's yeah. a good thing to keep up. With. I could I could see it being one of those games where you know it's like seven to seven at the end of the first. Mm-hmm. They kind of pull away. Let's say they make it twenty one like to ten at the half, yeah, something then, like that. And then they end yeah. up pulling away in the second. Half. I can I can see something. But like I've that got LSU happen. to cover just barely, real quick. Northeast at home tonight against Northwest. Who are you picking? I'm going to pick Northwest, and I was like I was telling. <laughs> Like I was telling you, okay, who who are you gonna pick? Who are you gonna pick, Peyton? I'm picking the Tigers. Of of what school? What do you mean? What do you mean? Are you talking about another game? No, I'm talking about this game. No, but I like I was saying, like I was saying uh, earlier at lunch, it's either gonna be one of those games where it's gonna be really close and the Tigers could, you know, come out there and win, or we're gonna lose by thirty. Look. Unlike you, you one-and-done sports information guy, my blood bleeds black and gold. So I'm picking the Tigers to pull off the upset and go to East next weekend with a chance. Because North Northwest lost to Holmes, and we could have easily beat Holmes. They beat Holmes beat them on at Northwest, and we have Northwest on the road. We can beat Northwest so, tonight. It's so funny how the tables have turned. When we were going into game one against Southwest, and it was back and forth, y'all were ready to chalk up the season as 0-9. If you get one slimmer of hope, and y'all are just ready to explode. Isn't that what a fa- being a fan's all about? <laughs> Especially, I mean, look, I'm a Grizzlies fan, I'm an Ole Miss fan, I'm a Giants fan. I don't get much happiness. Let me have my happiness. I'm picking the Tigers at home. 
Wrap it up. Oh yeah, I'm doing the wrap up today. Wrap it up. I'm going. Well, we thank you guys for listening in, and like, like we say every episode, we will hope you guys can join us on social media. That's Instagram at CousinCast, Facebook CousinCast, and then Twitter at CastCousin. And Peyton's walking out of the room, so for Peyton Taylor, this is my best Peyton Taylor impression right here. For Peyton Taylor, I'm Jackson Finch. We hope you had a great time listening. Have a blessed day.